welcome back to the Metal Gear Solid Games Club. Your boy Jeremy Schmidt is back in the saddle again for a an absolute banger, as I'm predicting. Um, I have uh, two fellas here who are going to help me kind of sift through the weeds of Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. We're on the fourth uh, mainline title. Uh, prob- about episode... What is this now? Five, though, of the actual show? Because we had portable ops in there. So, um, so yeah. Uh, let me introduce these guys, though. Uh, I, again, so honored to have uh, these folks here. We have Adrian Holmes from the Super Gamer Boys podcast. Adrian, hello. What's going on, fellas? I'm always down to talk about the best Metal Gear. Yep. Yeah, I said it. Mm-hmm, yep. Adrian, a Ooh. patented member of the Lale Lule Lo, uh, as, <laughs> as I've been told. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, one of my oldest... Oldest friends, Michael McCaller, uh, hilarious uh, comedy writer and uh, video game liker. What's going on? That's me. I like video games, and uh, no one can deny that. No one can. <laughs> they can't take that from you. Fight me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in no in no watering hole this side of the Mississippi would dare enter and say <laughs> McCaller does not like video games. They'd have a boot shoved right in their teeth. <laughs> Give him a Undertaker style big. Yeah, big he was boot. famous for. The, the teeth-based The teeth-based uh, violence? <laughs> <laughs> teeth-based. Um, welcome, uh, McCaller. Uh, excited to have you here. Um, as I remember, your backstory is something like um, you had to eat your parents because you were locked alone in the crypt with their corpses, and uh, that's why you became uh, crying Michael McCaller. <laughs> that, that's all right, except for the lock <laughs> <laughs> door was always open. It was always open, and there was a full fridge of food that was spoiling, going going bad. You chose to eat the, the bodies. Yeah, we had a regular DoorDash grocery delivery. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm. yeah, just or maybe the door was locked, mm-hmm. and he was the one that locked it. Oh, oh. Drebin. Um, so we have uh, again. This is I your- randomly walk around yeah. my house just doing that, dude. <laughs> Drebin. He says it the same way. Three times. There's only one time he doesn't say Drebin, like when Drebin calls him, and it's the last time you kill one of the 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 four beasts. Mm -hmm. And it's and I think the only reason he doesn't say it is because Drebin's intro is like, "Hey, what's going on?" Anyways, blah 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 blah. He like talks way too much, and then Snake's like, "Oh, okay. Well, like it like tricks him out of saying his name or something." Um, this is a this is this is a video game that is um, was uh, it came out in, for the PlayStation Three exclusively in two thousand eight. Uh, curiously, this is the only Metal Gear game that has never been made available on any other platform other than the PS Three. Through PS Now, you can play it on PS Four and PS Five, but you cannot play this on an Xbox. Uh, you cannot play this on a PC. If only there say, was I, a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I did try it on PS Now. I played it for about an hour. Yeah. Hard times. Was it really? Hard was times, it not folks. good? Yeah. Still, still... jittery. Really? It was dropping out a lot, and it was maybe 720p. Oh, man. So it well, was, 720p uh, was actually what the PS3 output, so... That's probably right, That's, yeah. Most times. There was a few 1080s in there, sprinkled in there. Sprinkled sprinkled among them, yeah. Well, this is an early, <laughs> this is an early PS3 release um, on top of that. And so I think the PS3 comes out in 07, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So it was 06. 06? Yeah. 
Okay. Because Xbox was 05. That's right. Yeah. I think this was right after. Yeah. Okay. So if this, so two years later, yeah, maybe not the earliest PS3 game then, um, but definitely, uh, definitely in my mind, like it still had the the first edition of Metal Gear Solid Four still had the Spider Man. Uh, p- font on the spine mm-hmm. of the PS3 mm-hmm. case. You remember that when they changed? Finally, they've changed it at some point, but for a while it was like that. That really, the Spider-Man font. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, that's the one. I, that's the one I have. Right. That, sh- that shows that. Yeah. Um. So a, a little bit of like uh, our own kind of backstories with with the game. I'll go first. I'll give you guys a chance to kind of dredge up your memories. Um. You know, uh, dredge it. Dredge it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give you guys a chance to just uh, to call your own personal autocons and have them remind you of what happened in your own life. But um, I uh, I played this game probably in like 2011 or 2012 uh, when I bought my own personal PS3 for the first time. Um, man, that was so great. Like, I loved buying a PS3 late into its life cycle. Uh, there was... Everything was twenty dollars. It was. It felt like every game was free. It was just like, <laughs> I bought this, uh, Little Big Planet two, and um, Street Fighter four, uh, and Uncharted two. Four. Those four games, and it was every one of them was twenty dollars when I bought them. Hold on to them for your life. Yeah. Because they're starting to go up in price. Well, I already sold them, oh, so yeah. that's oh. a big bummer. I did, however, replenish some of my PS3 collection a couple years back or a year back, or is during the pandemic, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, so I played Metal Gear Solid Four back way back then, um, about a decade ago. I remembered parts of it. And even at the time, had not engaged with the universe of Metal Gear in a long time. So a lot was lost on me um, when I played it the first time. Still liked it, though. Will say that my experience replaying it for this podcast, which I I literally rolled credits today, uh, was so much more fruitful and so much more rich uh, having played these games in sequential order, like having played one, two, and three all back to back. Mm-hmm. It, it it crescendos in four in such a f- amazing way, such a splendid way, and um, I'm really I feel really thankful that I got to that I got this experience because narratively, what four does is just so much better when you kind of are knowing what's going on in the story or you're caught up, you know. <laughs> uh, like I had never played three when I played four originally, so and there's not a ton of three stuff in here, but there's enough to just make the game that much better i think um so that's my uh a brief experience um i played it this recent time on the ps3 on the metal gear solid legacy collection um which is a really great collection that has been really rewarding for this games club oh my god it's all the games it's just all of them uh McCaller, let's go to you what, what's your experience with this uh game yeah i played this game at launch uh, I did not own a PlayStation 3. I had a deal set up with a friend of mine for... I don't remember what I did to finagle this. Maybe I bought Metal Gear 3 mm. and he loaned me his PlayStation and then on the assumption that I would just give it to him afterwards. Oh, nice. But yeah, I straight up played this game the day it came out. Oh. And I must have just replayed... Like, I played those games a lot in college. Mm-hmm. It's one of my fondest co- college memories is replaying Metal Gear Solid with, like, friends up in my dorm room. Oh. Or in their dorm room, rather. I never did it at mine. And so we played Metal Gears a ton. And so I must have been, like, real fresh on the story because I just remember 
being so satisfied with this game's story and like sitting into it. And I, the year before was the final Harry Potter book. Oh, and I remember feeling disappointed with that Harry Potter book because that was my first fandom experience of like my fan theories will maybe pay off and they didn't. Mm. And so I remember taking notes during Metal Gear Solid (laughs) preparing for this podcast years later. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, I'm going to be on a Patreon exclusive. Someone will want to know my thoughts about this. There's going to be something called Patreon. (laughs) And the only thing I remember from those notes is, first of all, I I remember two things, actually. Uh, I remember writing down, uh, I had a little checklist for every time the story gave me chills. Mm. And then realizing halfway through, it's like, this is stupid. This is ruining the experience. I got to stop doing this. But then the other note I remember was that Big Boss's final line in this game is, um, this this was good, good, wasn't it? (laughs) And I remember writing down that this is the ending that does everything Harry Potter did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. There's your tagline right there for the episode. There you go. Oh my God. Please. I got, I have to remember that. That's, that's going. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to write it down right now just so I do not forget it. Cause that is, that is going. There he goes. He said he was going to go. Oh yeah. He's gone. Uh, (laughs) I guess I'll go then. Um, Adrian, go ahead. So I, uh, Already had a PS3 uh, at this time. I got one. Uh, I got the launch one, which mm. is uh, I'll never give that up. You're gonna have to take that after I'm dead. You still got it? Yeah, because that's the Hell one. Yeah. That's the uh, PS1, two, and three all in one. That's the one to keep. Yeah, well, how many gigs? How many gigs you got on that bad boy? Uh, it came with sixty, and then I put another drive in there for about two. Uh, what was it like? Two the two fifty six? I think. Damn. So that's a lot of gigs. Yeah. Especially for PS3 games, which is only like maybe seven to eight gigs a piece. Um, but I was that was at the time when I was uh, you know, high middle, no, not high school. Yeah, high school, high school, uh, just getting ready to graduate. And I was heavy into IGN. I was on all the websites and I was looking at all the coverage uh, you know, of Metal Gear coming out. And I had been a really big Metal Gear fan at that time. Um, I have recently got into it right before I got my PS3. Uh, I, I played um, one, two, and three late into the life of the PS2, and that's kind of when I started with like, oh, okay, I get it. I see what the hype is about. So mm-hmm. when they showed, I remember it like it was yesterday when they showed the preview for Metal Gear Solid Four, and I could not believe that games would, could look like that, which is saying <laughs> a lot because it was only two thousand eight, right? <laughs> when that game came out. <laughs> I mean, like, when I say that, I mean, like, in the life of the PS3, but that is, Mm -hmm. for the entirety of the catalog, one of the best-looking games on that console, by far. For sure. Uh, I don't know what Blackmagic Kojima did to make it look like that and to make it, you know, have such high-quality production value, but he definitely nailed it. Yeah. Um, And I remember playing it for the first time, and I remember loving it, and it nothing has changed for me to this day. Um, have either we'll of you have either of you played it uh, since your first time? Yeah, you have. Okay, so you played mm-hmm. it a couple times then, Adrian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just played it that first time, and then the hour or two that I put in this, recently like, to, to get podcast, a good feel yeah. of it um, for mm-hmm. this. Yeah, um, 
No, obviously. I played it as a as a young man. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, when I was about maybe 17. And then I played it again when I got a little bit older and got some of that worldly bitterness into me right. and understood, you know, the cynicism. <laughs> you understood and then Snake, it, old Snake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it hit way different. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with that, actually. That 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 is true about this game. It does hit a lot different when you're older than when you're younger playing the game. Um, And, and to the, the PS3 and how the game looks, I just wanted to say, like, I originally played it on, I think, an older HDTV, like maybe one that only went up to 720p or 1080p. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't have 4K stuff back in 2010, 2011. Um, and playing it on a like a, a beautiful Sony 4K TV now, it's only starting to show its age, really. Like, um, I still think this game does some wonderful things with, like, textures. Like, his yep. suit mm-hmm. looks like you could... T- t- touch it <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. um it's like faces you know and hair you know the things that we do better now in next gen mm-hmm. terms but like uh and we're two console generations away from this game but that's that's saying something i think that like still a lot of this game looks so like ice on the mark ii it looked real it looked like that thing really had layers mm-hmm. of ice on it yeah it was i was pretty impressed with how it looked because i remembered it looking good I came back to it a little more brown and gray than I remembered, but it still it still carried so much of that like beautiful high fidelity graphic graphical power that I, I the mm-hmm. game was really known for. You know, can we talk real quick about the eggs that Sunny makes? Yeah, okay. So I I thought those might be just real footage of eggs. That's what I was yeah. wondering. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. It was how could it, like nothing's ever looked better I know. than those <laughs> eggs look. <laughs> To this day. I, I guarantee you there was an egg department. Yeah. There was. Yeah, they had yeah. to. Well, I was watching the credits. There's like a lighting department. And I was like, and they had they had gaffers. Mm. And I'm like, wait, what? Well, gaffers for what? <laughs> this is this is a film. Yeah. I, and and I mean that in the most respectful way. Pro- yeah. We'll get into it. Oh, I'm it's sure. like three or four films, to be yeah. honest with you. It's it is a 12 hour long. Anyway, we'll get to it. But before we get into um, I think our thoughts like on the the game from inside the game. Let's talk about uh, maybe some stuff outside the game. So, um, again, this is a uh, developed by Kojima Productions, published by Konami for the PlayStation 3. Um, the game was also directed by uh, Hideo Kojima. Um, does anyone know sort of the like lo- the like Konami lore behind the making of Metal Gear Solid 4? Like and and like the the very long and storied sort of drama with Kojima and Konami. Mm. Uh, I would love to hear about it because yeah. I have a lot of uh, guesses yeah. just based on the text, <laughs> just based on the things that happened in this game, how he was feeling. Yeah, uh, I don't really want to read directly from the Wikipedia just because that's boring. So I'll I'll basically summarize that like uh, I th- three was always intended as Kojima's end point to the Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. series. Um, if you play that game today without Metal Gear Solid, if you could block that from your mind, the fourth game, um, it does put a nice kind of period at the end of the sentence of Metal Gear mm-hmm. Solid. Like It leaves a lot of questions for how the story is going to continue from Raiden's adventures, mm-hmm. but... It, it 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 gives you a framing and a context for Big Boss, and it kind of like that. The ending of Metal Gear Solid Three 
it shows you like the world it builds the world and the framework for which all the other games take place in so it's mm-hmm. it kind of like feels like it could be the end of a, a some kind of trilogy anyways that was Ko- uh, kojima's intention um from from three on he will get bullied into making metal gear games forever uh well at least two or three more times um this game is an, is an example of that. He did not want to make Metal Gear Solid 4. He wanted to give it to someone else to make um, and make something else. Uh, in fact, he even tried to do that uh, by... Um, and this and this I, I will kind of quote from the Wikipedia so I don't get it wrong. Um, so they announced a new director as a joke. They announced uh, that it would be Alan Smithy for anybody who knows film like film history. Alan Smithy is the name that people give when they don't want to give their real name to a project. So like David Lynch, like famously like Alan Smithied Dune (laughs) and stuff (laughs) like, uh, like, yeah. Um, and and it has like a shelf life where they, they retract that and put real names in there. But a lot of people, if you type in Alan Smithy, this person's career is just like a bunch of just failed projects, you know? <laughs> um, so as a joke, they, they gave Alan Smithy as the name. Um, uh, uh, but in R, a 400-page book bundled with the metal with Metal Gear Solid 3's Japanese premium package, the director was revealed to be uh, Shuyo Murata, co-writer of Metal Gear Solid 3 and director of Zone of the Enders, the second runner. He also contributed Easter eggs to a couple of the other games. However, it was announced that Kojima would be co-directing the game with Murata after substantial negative fan reactions, including death threats. Jesus. Wow. Gamers have always been <laughs> this way. Yep. You are they did 100% not correct want on that. Kojima one. to not make this game, you know? I mm. I I understand the sentiment. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say not, of course, the extremity of it, but mm-hmm. when you've had someone that's that closely attached and knows the ins and outs of that world that clearly, I kind of do want to, you know, them to only handle that property. So yeah. I get it. I I agree. Like, I don't know how successful a non-Kojima Metal Gear game. Well, I do know that all the ones that he has not directed have been way less good than the ones mm-hmm. he has. For example, I think like Acid is one that which was okay, which people like, but I don't think it definitely wasn't as successful as even like a Peace Walker or mm-hmm. whatever. And then obviously we have Metal Gear Survive, which is right. just like a horrible, barely counts, barely counts as a Metal <laughs> Gear game. Although that feels a little chicken and eggy too, because mm-hmm. you think about how much like production value goes into a Metal Gear Solid and. They were clearly not investing in the acids and portable ops. And yeah, I don't know if uh, survives the way they were the rest of them. I, I don't know if portable ops is directed by Kojima either. Um, I know. I, I just don't know. Um, Peace Walker I, for I, sure. Peace is. Walker is. Yeah. I think that's what, uh, the distinction I remember that uh, portable ops wasn't and Peace Walker was. So if you're going to get a handheld Metal Gear, it was Peace Walker. Peace Walker. Yeah. All the I way. think. And for more reasons than just the direction too, like it's just more of a game. It's better sure. it's, um but yeah uh so it it kind of frames up anything post three metal gear related it really in a like in an interesting light where you can kind of almost see in the th- themes of metal gear solid 4 a person who is maybe embittered by the ip they're 
directing. Like, I don't necessarily would say that, I wouldn't say that he's taking it out on Metal Gear Solid, but he's definitely reflecting on his time with Metal Gear Solid making this Absolutely. game. Absolutely, yeah. I I was definitely getting the sense throughout this entire game that he was over Metal Gear <laughs> and was ready to be done. Which makes five really fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it makes four even crazier, though, mm-hmm. because to me, for for it being something that he didn't want to make, I honestly think it's his masterpiece. Yeah. I don't... Mm. That it, It's weird like when it's stuff that he wants to do it's divisive like death stranding right because Mm -hmm. i feel like it's experimental i love death stranding by the way Mm -hmm. but um when but polarizing it's it isn't like yeah it's polarizing Mm -hmm. like but this was four was like pretty much universally loved until the cool you know contrarian kids were actually trying to be like oh it's not actually that good (laughs) (laughs) well to that point adrian trying to get clicks you're absolutely right dude like this game reviewed super well like most people call it a masterpiece especially at the time there are hardly any reviews there's there's two eights and they're from edge and Eurogamer, like famously contrarian uh publications Mm -hmm. edge gave Mm -hmm. doom like a zero when it came Doom out. Doom what? Doom, the g- game Doom on PC. You know the That's game that revolutionized score. everything? Right. what do you want? <laughs> yeah, they gave it like a really low score. Yeah. Did they give it a zero like in 2021? No, 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 no. They gave it a zero. It doesn't hold up. Back in the 90s when it came out. That's yeah. Like how IGN reviewed that Star Fox game <laughs> as if it came out in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the, the the Doom review, which you guys should look up, the Edge Doom review, it's really great. It's like an exercise in like contrarian journalism of like, like one of the arguments they make is like, why do you always have to shoot everybody? Why can't you just talk to some of these uh, enemies and befriend befriend them? Yeah, why don't I befriend this demon? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like that's literally <laughs> a, a a passage in the Edge review for Doom. But this ain't a show about the, that. I, I will I will say real quick the one headline I found when I Googled it was from the International Business Times, who said the infamous quote "Talk to the Monsters" review was on the right side of history. <laughs> oh so. wow! Well, um. I decided to dive in. I disagree. I'll be a contrarian to that. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this game reviewed incredibly well. People, um, people love it, and um, most people, like colloquially that I have met, I think have a, a relative fondness. I'll put it this way, and I don't know that many people, but I don't know anyone who's played through all of Metal Gear Solid Four and hates it. <laughs> right. Personally, <laughs> I don't. Um, <clears throat> At the very least, it's okay. it's it's okay. I'll take an okay. Yeah, <laughs> I I think it's objectively wrong, but I'll take an okay. Yeah, sub sub. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about the game, um, which we I guess we can kind of get to because that's really the only only context that I really wanted to talk about was just the development of the game, which is like. Yeah, this is like Kojima for the longest time. You know, you get a sense has been kind of having his eye on wanting to do something else. And I think he's been sort of shackled to the series and shackled to Konami in, in, in so many ways. And um, he will split from the company before five is released. But he will that will be his final Metal Gear game that he, he will direct. Um, if he directs another one or a Silent Hill, as the rumors have been touting, you know, who knows? Uh I think everything he does is interesting and fun. I think that like this podcast has sort of pr- overproved to me how much I like this guy. Like I didn't I don't mm-hmm. think I knew how much I liked him before we started. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's almost like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's like if you you know, it's like I think I like a director, and then you watch his whole filmography, and you're like, wow, I guess I. He's, this guy's got <laughs> something guy's here. Got, this guy's <laughs> speaking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these and this game and this game series has has really been speaking to me this year. It's been it's been a really good ride. So, what do you guys say we get into the games club uh, proper? Let's do, do it. it. Okay. So, um, I won't necess- I won't be too hands on in like guiding us in a i won't you know if, if we want to take a detour down a path and talk about something i'm like totally open to that there's so much here to dive into it's really unwieldy so it'll be interesting to see how we as a collective sort of like tame the beast here but <laughs> but uh to the game's credit um it is very rigidly segmented so we could very mm. easily just talk about each section of the game um so let's start with the opening um, which you could argue is actually still part of the marketing of the game, which is like the mystery behind the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of cool marketing stuff around the game um, with Snake uh, being revealing, being revealed as like old and like, what does that mean? But uh, I'm a huge fan of when you hit new game. Well, first of all, the inst- installation screen is great. I was just yeah. going to say, I hope you talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, let's talk about it. That's maybe the first thing you see is when it's installing, um, it's just Snake smoking a cigarette. And it cool. goes down in real time. Yeah. And and then, and then he just lights another one, depending on how long it takes to install. And it's and it's and and next to it, it's giving you um, messages. They're like, smoking is bad and can cause cancer. You should not smoke cigarettes. But look how cool Snake looks yeah, right now. Yeah, it's also like if you feel yourself uh, getting tired, you should turn off the PlayStation Three game console. It's it's like all of it's like doesn't seem super genuine, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's it's like that, and that's maybe the first like little subliminal messaging you get that feels like uh, maybe something else is going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool. Which makes me very excited to talk about what I believe immediately follows it. Which is false TV shows. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and so depending on um, me and my friend did this in college, you can restart the game a lot and get different ones. Um, you can you can click press X and yeah, surf flip, to to, flip to different channels. Flip to different yeah. channels. Um, I actually didn't know that. That's great. Um, oh. When I was trying to play it on PlayStation Now, for, like I would leave it paused and go do something and come back, and it like boots you out. Oh, it, because to make more room for players on the servers. Yeah. So I watched that beginning like two or three times, and therefore watched all three TV shows. Oh, that's just because I realized I could click through and watch a David Hater interview. There's a David Hater interview, which I remember. That was unbelievable to me. I at yeah. the time when that came out, that was so subversive and so meta at a time when. Like, I don't even know if Community was out. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, what fiction I would have... A Charlie Kaufman yeah. movie? Like, what what else is that meta at the time? It just felt crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I, could, yeah. I, I thought I was dreaming. <laughs> I remember, even when I watched it, thinking, like, this can't be real. Yeah. And, um, oh, there's an octopus, like, nature show. Documentary. Documentary. About the, cam- the camouflage. Yeah, that, that ties into that. What el- What other TV shows are there? And then there was a mean game show, right? I don't know. I Which feel one? like one of them is a game show where the host is like mean and it's doing almost like not quite curb your enthusiasm style, but like awkward cuts to like mm-hmm. the ladies like phone a friend in the audience and he's like 
scared. There's <laughs> like a, a tangible fear element oh, wow. to it. Right. It's like pretty, it's pretty I got to go back and watch that. Yeah. I'm sure. And I'm sure like some college kid has written essays on like what those mean in, ter- oh, in terms of the plot and the themes of the game. Um, but the- I'll say the octopus is probably about the, the camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> You might be right. I don't know. I'm not sure. They do get into the camouflage quite a bit with the octopus stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's really it's a really it's really cool and subversive, and it makes the game like feel more than the game, which is like always what Kojima kind of did was like bl- mixed media and blending like mm-hmm. you know frameworks for stuff. Mm-hmm. Man. Some good shit. Historical clips. Historical clips. Yeah. That's why the game got taken Famously, down. Famously, it's like why we can't play them anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is, I, yeah. I own it and can't play it anymore. That's, I mean. Uh, three. That, uh, what's it called? Um, Oh, you can't play three? It won't let you? Yeah, two and three. I um have them from, from like games with gold yeah. or something. So I'd have to like re-download them. And yeah, not. Oh my God. That's what makes, that's another thing that makes the legacy collection also just such a banger thing is that you get to you get to play have access to them yeah you, get, you have access forever. yeah um as long as that ps3 holds up which who knows how long that thing will wear out before those discs probably but um so yeah that's how it's uh that's how the game begins um lights up we're in the middle east snake is uh diatribing about how war has changed <laughs> he says it a <laughs> hundred times um yeah, this is well, and, and the I anti fallout. The anti fallout, yeah. Mm-hmm. War never changes. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, that's the actual fallout catchphrase. That's what you were mm-hmm. referencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I I said it, and then my brain triggered that that was the phrase. This from the very beginning is what made me realize, like, oh, Hideo Kojima's done with Metal Gear. He's over yeah. it. Just like the very first quote is like. Uh, on a tired battlefield, war has become routine. Right. I was like, oh, why would you open your fourth game with that? <laughs> and the thing that um, is actually like, I don't remember if I liked it or not the first time I played it, but it was actually like giving me a lot of distance and making me struggle with this story is the fact that Snake is old. Yeah. Yes. It's really upsetting. There's like a Steven Universe episode where like through some sci-fi chicanery, he starts aging really fast. And it's horrifying. It's like truly horrifying as a young person to all of a sudden be old. And it just like as a decision, it just feels so grisly to me. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just like it's hard to connect to a character when he's going through such an obvious horrific thing. Like it, to me at this point, it like put some distance between it. I couldn't quite get there. And even again, thinking about it from Kojima's perspective, he's been working on this character since the eighties. Like I'm sure it feels old. to yeah. him. I'm sure th- I suspect that's why he did it. Cause he's just like, this yeah. is how I'm feeling about this character. I always thought that he kind of took it as a allegory for himself. Mm-hmm. Like the snake mm. is the old man that no matter, you know what the condition of the world is or how it evolves, it always seems to have to try to drag him back into hmm. these old patterns that he always has to seem to, you know, you know, when he goes on his espionage mission, right? Like he's an old man now. He's done this how many times? Yeah, sure. But no I matter like the circumstance, too. it's always him that has to go back in. Mm-hmm. So. And there's something to be said, too, about like another layer of meta uh, on like war has changed, meaning 
like making these games gets different as time goes on. Like the eighties, mm-hmm. like we, and we talked about this in other episodes, how like the eighties dealt with like the cold war era and like the nineties, it was like terrorism. And then the 2000, you know, like every, like there's different information technology information. becomes the villain. Somehow. Yeah. And every game, there's a different hook to, the technology to how the game feels and looks based on what's happening currently in the world. And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, and, and I will argue one more, uh, angle into like Hideo Kojima's circumstances influencing this game. I would argue the villain of this game is capitalism. Yeah. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just disgusted by the idea that this war thing he's making is just being made for commerce yeah. against. So he's like, all right, we're, we literally have a war economy. We say it a thousand times in yeah. this game. Yeah. And I will say that is one of the more egregious on the nose lines. At one point, Otacon literally says, like, you know, don't you just know if FPSs are just combat training grounds? <laughs> yeah. War is, Eva, a, Eva war is a video game. And you're just like, FPS? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, anyone with a computer can do war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah right. Know. And it's, yeah, there's like, there's like a, there's like a, you're not wrong. You're just too much <laughs> with that quote. <laughs> you're too right. You're too right. And it's, and it's a little bit heavy handed, but, um, uh-huh. but yeah, I, I think that that's a really interesting place to start your story is just like, I'm already kind of over this. The characters are over it. There's an exhaustion right away. Snake being old is right away a mechanic of the game where, mm-hmm. Like you're trying to sneak around, but he has his little has to hit his kidneys or whatever because they're acting yeah, up. His and limited movement that'll give him up. That'll give him away when he's uh, when you're trying to sneak behind, um, you know, a soldier or something on on the battlefield. Um, one thing that's interesting about this opening sequence is that it drops you into a battlefield, which is you've mm-hmm. never been in before. Um, you might have fucked up and got enough attention from soldiers to make it feel like a battlefield <laughs> in other games. But this is the first time that you're in like an actual war zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like the the game does a pretty good job of like making you feel the chaos of that, like mm-hmm. in the Metal Gear context of like, they have to keep reminding you, Snake, this is a sneaking mission. Remember, don't, yeah. don't like go out there and like let everyone see you, like try to sneak around. Um, Shout out to the how- transition into that too. Yeah, which is what? Go straight from the cutscene right into that. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. They do that trick a few times, and I think it's one of my favorite next-gen little magic tricks of, like, like you'll be in a full cutscene, and the camera will just spin around behind a character, yep. and then it's, like, time to start playing. All right. Never gets it's old. Not, it's not next-gen. They were doing that in GoldenEye 007. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did do that. In, yeah. Come into his true. brain, and then you did that in, double, in 007. It hits different, though, in the in these in these games uh oh it's cool in this game i think this is the first time it's cool uh i will also say that like thinking about how quiet stealth games normally are this like really jarring loud battlefield that you're sneaking through is a really cool idea it's something that like i don't I, I wouldn't have guessed that to be the natural progression from a snake eater, like from the jungle territory to like this loud bombastic fight that you are just like you're sneaking through, but it's not because people aren't looking for you. It's because they're busy with something right, else. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, a, it's like one of those like great ideas. Noise like, is the cover. Yeah. Noise is the yeah, cover. That's yeah. That's true. Um, this sequence is basically your tutorial. It kind of teaches you how to play the game, how to collect stuff, 
right away there's this whole like idea that like guns don't work unless you have nano machine ids that to use them which begs the question like how am i going to use weapons right um mm-hmm. so they start introducing you to some some characters that you know and then some you don't know um Otacon is with you again which is you got to remember 3 was just like Yes, you're Snake, but it's Naked Snake. It's Big Boss. It's a different person, and there is no Otacon. Right. That is that character's mm. name is Zero, I believe, in three, and um, that's your kind of lifeline to the other, other side. Uh, so you got your friends back, which is, I think, a thing that a lot of people wanted at the time. Mm-hmm. You wanted Snake and Otacon together again. Like that was a big deal in one. It was a big deal in two. You know. Um, so I, I and I do think there's always something like more exciting about like not doing a prequel again and like pushing the narrative forward. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there is a level of like anything can happen now. Yeah. Characters can die that in the way that you you never were super worried about Big Boss dying because we know that when he does, it's a time paradox. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um. There's a uh. Yeah. I think all. I think also like right away you you're probably thrown off by like what year it is because snake does look very old and and you don't know why yet. And it kind of is revealed through the tutorial. Like, Oh, you know, it's actually only a few years after, um, the big shell incident, but it is, Mm -hmm. um, but snake has been rapidly aging due to his nano machines, which we, we, we had a little bit of a, um, appetizer of this in the previous games where we knew that the nano machines and like the Fox die stuff was like going to some, it was going to kill him eventually somehow. At some point, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we didn't really know how that was going to manifest. Well, this is how he's super old, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bummer. And like, and like that, that you know, McCullar, you were kind of saying like, oh man, I you like it put puts distance between you and Snake. It absolutely does, and between him and all the characters. Like um, mm-hmm. another character you meet, sort of in this tutorial section, is Meryl. Which is like your old is very old sad. love interest from the first game, who a lot of care, a lot of fans were ex- so eager and excited to see Meryl's back. Like they were probably flipping out, but when you meet her, she's like almost screams, <laughs> looking at you. You're so <laughs> hideous, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Naomi Hunter. I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit. She starts to cry yeah. when she sees yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when it's she sees his upsetting. body. Yeah, because he's mm-hmm. his yeah. body looks so saggy i don't know what's wrong with it but it's like i've seen an old man torso i'm sorry i was gonna say it looks like an old man body i don't know what you expect great point did you expect me to be ripped he's probably more ripped than my old man body is gonna look right (laughs) he's like in good old man shape exactly Yeah. yeah um wild we also meet some new characters in this tutorial section we meet drebin who is a arms uh dealer but he also does more than that. He like uh, uses nano machines to, against cleans each other guns. to clean. Yeah, he cleans the guns out and he uh, makes them available for purchase. Um, he makes an illusion that there's like more Drebins than just him. And mm-hmm. I think the first time I played, I thought they were all different people. Like you just met. I thought that like too. twins. They I were all too. like clones or something. Oh, yeah. okay. But he is he is one Drebin, and that mm-hmm. monkey is one monkey, and he has a he has a like an armored car that says "I have you," and he's great. He's like one. He's like another great character lifeline into what else is going on. Specifically, he has some what I think might be comedic. Uh, breakdowns of the 
main bosses in the game later, which we'll get to, which are comically tragic. Am, am I reading this wrong? Because they're so bad that I thought there's no way they could be serious with this. I had not considered that. It is. I might. I, I, I was. I was watching and thinking it is ludicrous. Yeah. How sad these stories. I know. Are. My trauma response to seeing something that sad is to think that somebody's writing this and thinking it's funny. Like they're they're writing it as a joke. Adrian, do you have any? <laughs> what do you think? Are you talking about the the? Um... Drebin's breakdown of like the beasts, the the four uh, the four bosses that you fight. They're all young women, and they're all uh, all the stories about them are like they how they had to kill a bunch of babies always, and stuff. I always thought about that. It was kind of um, how should I put this? Like a not development, awesome. but like letting us into the insight of Drebin, like how desensitized he is to everything. Like, oh yeah, the way that he's delivering this terrible information yeah. is just like how he would, you know, talk to another person, like about the weather. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's always like, yeah, this girl's family or all the kids got killed by wolves. <laughs> it's like, even you know hearing I mean? you say it is funny. I'm sorry. Right. It's just- right. And that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. If you if somebody honestly told you with remorse these stories, <laughs> they'd be the most horrible thing yeah. on earth. Yeah. But Drebin, having thrived and basically evolved in this, I, I, for lack of a better term, war economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention, he also has nano machines, which yeah. Naomi also says that helps to suppress your uh, your emotions. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, he 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 doesn't care about these people. He doesn't care He's about anything. Maybe not but even capable of right. registering right. how truly horrible these moments are. Right. So that's kind of where what I took you know from it when you when you kind of go back and and break it down after I after will say, Naomi. Uh, there was a character's backstory revealed on this week's episode of This Is Us, and it was every bit as sad as a Beauty and the Beast backstory. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was married. She was a great girl. Nose a little crooked. She was also blind, and we couldn't get pregnant. <laughs> I just kept listening. All these terrible things. The, the don't you feel things. bad for me? So that makes me think, like, I don't know. I don't think they were playing it for laughs. Um, this is us. Like, if Hideo Kojima was just, like, sitting down and, like, ready to write a tragic story, I could see it getting to this point. Mm. there, Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see it. It definitely... It, it, there's nothing to give you any co- clues that it's funny. There, or that, that, <laughs> or that, But I do think there are... It is, like... He's done this now how many times? Like, re- remember how great, like, the um, Sniper Wolf backstory and Psycho Mantis backstories are? Like, mm-hmm. and then he did two, and then he did three with all these different <laughs> villains. I think by the time he gets to four, I think there might be something a little disingenuous about... Because they really are, like, in one case, a girl has to, like, eat dead bodies in the basement of a room of a torture chamber, mm-hmm. and it's like... Like... It's so ridiculous that I'm like something that would never happen. Something that would probably just never happen, you know. Um, yeah, none of this stuff in the other games would happen either. But you, I think you get what I'm saying. Where it seems it, right, even for Metal Gear, you're saying yeah. this is kind of this is kind of out of pocket. It's a little bit well, like is- he's he's being like. And then there, this girl's fucked up, and then she's fucked up. And then this girl got struck by lightning. Yeah, right. And then once she got up, she got struck by lightning again. Yes. And when she got struck by lightning, she watched her her uh, her best friend evaporate into you know 
dark matter in front of her and then she which she had to mix into a shake and drink drink, and then she had to yeah consume (laughs) yeah there's a there's a lot of like uh the girl has to cut her own family apart or one of the girls is like the wolf one she runs around and eats or not eats but like kills a bunch of babies who are crying in a in a camp Mm -hmm. um but they always project their animal character and then yeah there's like a wolf went around and killed all the kids and then drevin always has this very funny line where he's like of course there was no right wolf. and i was like i know drevin <laughs> yeah. i yeah. know i piece that one together yeah. there's um i think like so for all of the praises that will probably sing in kojima's way um tonight i do i do want to recognize that like one of his things is that and this could be a localization thing although i kind of doubt it I think he's he's very verbose. Like he'll explain and over explain and over explain and over explain something to the point where it does take a lot of emotional impact out of a moment. Um some of those codec calls, man. Yeah. Or especially <laughs> like when a cutscene will go to a codec call and you're like, now I'm what? <laughs> like why? Um so yeah, he he definitely doesn't always trust the fans that they're gonna understand what mm-hmm. he's talking about. Um it does. That is very much for me like a Hideo Kojima exception that proves the yeah. rule. When any other artist, writer, anybody does that kind of stuff to me, I'm like, fuck you. I'm smart. Yeah, yeah. But when Hideo Kojima does it, I'm like, man, this is just like a weird little quirk yeah. about you that <laughs> I'm enamored yeah. by. I, I, to yeah. be to be fair, though, to, to be fair, some of this stuff I can see being way out there. Right. Some yeah. of these theories and some of these the way he presents information. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can totally understand him thinking, you know what? <laughs> I understand this because I'm thinking it. But if I try to convey it to you the way I think about it, you'll never understand it. So Absolutely. let me just break it down. Absolutely. That's a, so, a great point. I get yeah. it. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm fully held hostage by Kojima at this point. So I do like it. Uh, I'm not. This isn't a complaint. It is something I've thought in the past, though like before my run of playing all these games sequentially, Mm. like playing Mm -hmm. them as like, let's say a normie as someone who just casually plays video games. I remember being like, okay, come on, like get on with it, you know? Um, But I, that's one thing uh, too, before I I didn't know we were going to get right into the story. I wanted to shout out. Um, One of the chief, uh, I'll say um, troll criticisms that people like to say about this game is that about the 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 cutscenes. Right. Um I am honestly and I mean this with all sincerity, I am on the total opposite of that argument. Yeah. Like the the first time I played it, I was hooked on every word that was coming out of the cutscenes. <laughs> right. I I just what's coming next? Yeah. I couldn't get enough of them. Yeah. And then in my subsequent replays, when I know a good one is coming up, like a good thirty-five minute, I'll go and get some snacks yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, <laughs> and I'll bring I'll bring it back and I'll watch it like it's a movie because Same. that's clearly what he intended this to be mm-hmm. is is more like a kind of a, a this is like a one of the first hybrids of a game and a film to me that that's what I take yeah. from it. Um, You're absolutely right. And I, uh, I partake it of it as a film when it asked me to partake of it as a film. Yeah. This, I, I, so this is a very trendy thing at the time too. Like, let's not forget, like there was like a good 10 years where I think people didn't really so much want to play video games as much as we wanted to watch video games. And mm-hmm. uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 is, I think, emblematic of the pinnacle of 
what it means to have your video game be so close to a movie without with still qualifying as a video game. And I will say, after playing this game recently, it barely qualifies as a video game. Like it, and and I'm, <laughs> and I think I think that trend is over. And I think even by Metal Gear Solid Five, you'll see that it's over because gameplay mm-hmm. is so crucial in Metal, in Metal Gear Solid Five. It is not crucial in Four. Um, I would mm-hmm. also maybe argue that the gameplay isn't that isn't the star of the show here. No, um, not at yeah. all. It's not bad. It's, but- it isn't bad, and there's definitely mm-hmm. some cool stuff you can do in it and i definitely want to get to some of that stuff because it is fun but <laughs> yeah it 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 is a thing that is definitely I've, i think a valid criticism of this game is that it is like so cutscene heavy um and if they had just done the super long one at the end that would be different but they did it like through they do there's a they, they take the controller away from you so many times one mm-hmm. thing that does bother me is that what I want is I want like a long chunk of story and then a long chunk of gameplay. But one thing they'll do is they'll do long chunk of story and have you run down a hallway and then give you another long uh, chunk of story. And you're just like, why did you have me just walk in a door? Like you could have done that in the cutscene. That is a QTE of a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you I there? I, I guess it just, it. Yeah. I, when I'm, how should I say? I'm I'm more so of a story person these days. Sure. I used to be a gameplay person, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. But I'm I was totally fine with that. Like I'm here for the story. Tell me the story. Yeah. You know? Let me let me and- go and sneak through this little cause I me, when I think about this, I kind of put it in this perspective of old man snake, right? Mm-hmm. I've done my sneaking. <laughs> I've done my shooting. You just kind of wanted Metal Gear Solid for the movie. Right. Yeah. I've I've had three games of me sneaking, me shooting, yeah. me, me knocking guys out. You know what I mean? I don't need this game to be all sneaking, shooting, gunplay. We've done that already. Sure. So just tell me the story. Yeah. Guys, you know? I'll shout it out again. YouTube Metal Gear Solid 4, the movie, yeah. is very long. It was a nine-hour movie, but I that's how I got caught up on this game. And it's, I think the premier metal gear solid four experience i really yeah i was actually going to say you know to to listeners of this of this show and and then you know um to anyone i would meet that isn't the least i mean there are some things you'll miss by not playing the game but i think that Mm -hmm. most of the game like if you just watched it you kind of get a similar experience for Mm -hmm. good or bad it doesn't i'm no judgment it's just like it it is what Mm -hmm. it is like it, it is if you watch this thing you get it. it you know there's you don't miss a ton by playing it in fact at some points the gameplay is actually at odds with it being kind of a movie game um mm. but let's get back into like like uh some of this intro like and, and what gameplay is there because there there is some like we said sneaking around in like sort of a war-torn area uh we get our first um uh, hints of the lizards which are these like surrogate like tiny metal gears that that are uh uh deployed by liquid throughout the game which are very fun common enemy common threat and i think that i think this whole section ends with a boss fight that's actually just like a ton of those weird flying soldiers come in and then you and Meryl and the shitting guy, Johnny Akiba and her game, a <laughs> uh, gang, they have to like, you have to like take all these people out in like a building. And then that kind of mm. ends act one. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so what do we, I mean, Meryl's gang is kind of interesting. Like, 
if 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 we if we consider that all of the other games like built up a magnificent buffalo, this game eats every single part of the buffalo. Like mm. they even bring back the shitting soldier. Yes. Which and they turn him into a emotionally stirring character. <laughs> yeah. If you had dared to tell me I would be emotionally invested in the guy whose weird little ass I saw for 30 seconds before I had to shoot guys with Meryl for the first time. Uh, Jeremy, I feel like this is a you phrase that you coined and tell me if I'm wrong, but like um, this game for me has a little bit of the Star Wars problem where like the fact that uh, we're only like. We, yeah. We're going to meet a Navy commander and it's melee. Right. It's like the universe kind of feels it closes small. in like on there's itself. only yeah. these number of people in it. And they're all related. Um, like you only ever get someone's sister or brother. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it just fe- it felt a little like, I don't know, this game, the new characters don't do a ton for me. Like Drebin is fun, mm. but his monkey bothered me. Well, his uh, monkey does beauty- look creepy, but I, d- and also the has monkey a Coca-Cola looks gross. Addiction. Yeah. Yeah. It looks it's got a cold yeah, and a diaper. Nothing appealing about this monkey. Yeah. And, they, <laughs> and, and they both and they both drink Coke, which I do like. Is that they also have their own Coca Cola <laughs> machine in their car that they have to give money to <laughs> to get Cokes. And they're they're so addicted. All right, I come around on them. Uh, and apparently, and there's even a there's a lore reason for that. Like apparently, Coca Cola is like it, it's good on the nano machines. Like it helps. It, mm-hmm. uh, like alcohol, nano machines will like excise alcohol out of your body and prevent you from getting drunk. But Coke actually like helps. It flirts mm. with the nanos. That's. Sexy. I did not know that. Yeah, he says it at the end. Oh, <laughs> oh! I thought it was going to be on one of the the many podcasts that you can listen to on your Apple registered trademark iPod. Right. Oh, which is also a big part <laughs> of Playboy and iPod must have somehow they're sponsors mm. of the game because you find Playboys and iPods, mm-hmm, iPod cool. songs. But uh, you were saying, McCaller, sorry, uh, just that the. Um, I I just feel like a, there aren't a ton of new characters who really pop in this mm-hmm. game. The Beauty and the Beast Corps are weirdly disconnected from the story. They're kind of not involved and they don't really have a relationship with each yes. other or with like with Liquid. You know, we I, I, I think so much about like how joyful it is in the first Metal Gear to see those scenes where Liquid's like, what do you mean you tortured the Darpa chief to death? <laughs> like, he's just like frustrated with his goons. Like we never get any of that with the Beauty and the Beast people. We never see their faces until the very right. end. Um None of the new characters pop in this game. And that's well, who are bummer. the new characters is actually a pretty good question. So you have Drebin, which, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Akiba yeah. is like a new character in this, yeah. in a sense. New to, new us. to us. Her mm-hmm. teammates are also new, which we only get one moment with them. That's like a real moment where at one point they <laughs> think they're about to die and they're like, Hey man, it was great being partners with you. And then the guy's like, best friends. <laughs> and he's incorrect. Sunny. 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 Oh, yeah. Sunny is great. a good character. Well, I, saying that she's a good character is interesting because, like, she's a child. Like, she's mm-hmm. she serves a purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not like. I yeah. think I think it's very funny to have her be the like tech expert. Yeah. Like she's the only one who can crack uh, super genius Naomi's Soliton radar right. map. To be fair, uh, the egg arc I was invested yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. I d- I wanted I to know, know more about the, how those eggs were going to turn out. 
my my year and a half old cousin can work an iPod like nobody's or an iPad like nobody's yeah. business. So I'm not gonna yeah. put it past Sonny being able sure. to do that. You know. Yeah. I'm well, Sonny's uh, memorized uh, a string of numbers that seems impossible, and she's even put a song to him, which is actually the cutscene we get right after Act One, and actually it's the cutscene mm-hmm. we get after every act break is we go up into the ship and we have a mission briefing. And there's a mm-hmm. long cutscene that plays out between whoever's hanging out on the ship. And it's usually Otacon, Sunny, and Snake. And then maybe some other characters come through. But uh Sunny's great. Um the egg stuff looks awesome. The the music mm-hmm. is the the song she's singing is great. It plays into the plot later, which is crazy to me. <laughs> um the who else is new though? I'm trying to think of even more new characters if we have any. Yeah, I don't Ride and Vamp. Are. I mean, they're all back, but no. They're coming but nobody, back. Yeah. N- not a ton new. Um, um, uh, main series or main cast characters, yeah. That that's about it. It really kind of focuses on like the all stars. It does. It it wants to. It pretty quick in. I think I realized like this playthrough. I'm like, oh, this is we're tying everything up. We're tying all the bows mm-hmm. on all of the stories. So next we go to uh, South America, which is like um a, a big snake eater thing where we're mm. like doing snake eater type stuff again we're not eating animals but we're sneaking around the same similar environments um this is this octo camel's going crazy is, is just <laughs> How flagging the, the, all of the cops around you they're just like <laughs> what is happening there's this noise <laughs> I think the Octo Camo is such a like awesome like idea specifically for this level. Just thinking about like in Snake mm-hmm. Eater when you're pausing and going to your yep. menu and trying yep. to decide. It's like, we'll just handle this for you. We'll just yeah. do it. It's a great addition. Mm-hmm. Very welcome. Um this is the first uh this is the first section where we um fight our first boss. In the Middle East, we did see like a a vertical slice of the four beasts. I actually think mm-hmm. these rock and they're actually really fun to fight even though they don't mm-hmm. seem to have much characterization. They backload the character of the beasts to when after you defeat them. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. So yeah. you get uh, this encounter with Octopus is she's laughing Octopus uh, laugh, laugh, laughs and um, is is camo and and like and um will blend into the walls, blend into the surroundings, uh, and also makes her own face look like snakes, um, to instill <laughs> fear in all the guards around that like this is the person who's killing you, this is the person who's doing it. Yeah. Um, it's around here. We also maybe oh it's a maybe it's a um, I don't know. Maybe they do it to they backload them to make them seem more foreign to the player. Yeah, like this is just an entity that's trying to kill you, and then once they are dead, then you kind of get the actually this is a person, yeah. and this is what this world has done to them. Yeah, because because well, the reveals are you. always that they're very young, beautiful women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if this was actually happening or what it was. Like when you defeat the first version, and their armor is gone, and then they're walking around as the the beauty versions mm-hmm. of them. Um, and you shoot them. Do the white petals of the boss come out of them? Oh, I, I that was the I was getting that, and I know the second one has like white feathers that right. are like, but but it is like 
it was calling to me of this like beautiful, I think the best moment Metal Gear and maybe any video game has ever done is this big boss or this boss battle mm-hmm. rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about like how for Naked Snake, that was like the kind of kill you don't want to uh-huh. do, how <laughs> sad he was to kill these yeah. people. And if that's what it was hearkening to, like, I think that's lovely. I would have loved to have the information beforehand so I could feel that in the moment as opposed to, like, looking back on how devastating it was that I did this to this poor victim. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I I will also say that you do not have to shoot them. Like, you can yeah. trank mm-hmm. them, and it's just as easy to trank them when they're in their beauty state. Um. Mm-hmm. I did not have the heart. And you like get an extra item for that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that true? Do you not get those items if you so. don't? No, I think you have to, right? You 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 have to get all their items anyway. You get bonus yeah. stuff if you train okay. them, but you you get the item either way. Yeah, because oh, okay. there's a rail gun that I know specifically you need for to like shoot things with a rail right. gun. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then like definitely you need Octo Camo's face, um, face mask. Because that's, that's right. what makes you yeah. young. So you can see how so you can see how ageist everybody yeah, is right. when you if, turn back yeah. into young snake. <laughs> yeah, because in the next segment, man, uh, someone's like, "Dang, you look hot," and he, and he just right. turns it off, and he's just he's just an old man. But they're like, Aah. "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember that Goosebumps book, The Haunted? Yeah, mask? right, right. <laughs> she put on an old man mask. Yep. Um, we meet we meet uh, Naomi Hunter around this time too who's back in action she's a big part of this story maybe even a bigger part than she was in one mm-hmm. um very integral to the plot um i'm not gonna lie she's kind of playing the otacon role of like scientist yes. whose discovery has uh accidentally turned the villain into an all-powerful overlord kind yeah. of vibe and i bet mm-hmm. you meet her around the same time as you would have met otacon in the first game mm. you know like yep. that sounds right um what do we think of Naomi Hunter? Uh, I'm not going to lie. In in Metal Gear Solid 1, mailing Naomi Hunter, I got confused. Hmm. Like, I just... I, or maybe not confused, but, like, I forgot what purpose they served in the story, even as even though I played it just not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, mailing is more of, like, what? She's who, how you save the game, but, like, what does she do? She's your um like military intelligence okay. relay. And Naomi Naomi is more of your like yeah, your scientific like mm. this is what this thing will do to your body. You should use this here or this will do have this effect on you so on and so forth. Great. That's kind of a, a strange thing that this game does. Like it didn't make me realize until playing it that like I think that those like the characters who are strictly codec characters Mm -hmm. don't ever feel like main characters in the story to me. And so seeing all of a sudden like Roy Campbell in real life, I was like, holy shit. Or Maylene. Yeah. It was jarring. These are real people. (laughs) Especially seeing Campbell because you you actually do see him kind of right away. You see him at the end of, Mm -hmm. uh, of the Middle East and it's great seeing him. You're like, what the heck? Yeah. Yes. He's you're back, here? You're and you're a cad. You're dating a young woman, you monster. Uh, yes, when you lights up, uh, Campbell's dating Rose. Actually, Rosemary from Metal Gear Solid Two, uh, Raiden's beloved. <laughs> um, very that 
strange. I think I think the way that story plays out is one of the great ideas in Me this too, game. Yeah. I think it's like it's it's very funny to make you hate him throughout the game. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, he was actually doing it because he's the most noble man in history. <laughs> right. <and wanted. laughs> To save a woman you and dunce. her child yeah. from the he's basically judgmental so. fool. <laughs> he's basically FDR. He's just like the greatest <laughs> living man. Oh man! So um, so yeah, we get uh, we get a lot of um, Naomi Hunter here. She's also kind of like filling in for that like James Bond style like femme fatale, perhaps because she's a turncoat. Mm-hmm. She will switch sides throughout the story. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of switching sides. and a lot of confusing. Like, why did like even the characters will say out loud, like, why did she come back if she was just gonna go back to? Yeah. Did she get info? No, okay. And also, it it feels like they just live like on La Cienega, and Liquid lives on Fairfax. Like, it's just she just goes out of the complex and leaves. They just like wake up and she's gone. <laughs> she just bounced. What are you talking about? Oh. We oh, he was, Jeremy was leaving. I thought I, I thought he was trying to figure out the distance between Santa Monica and <laughs> La Cienega. Dudes, I it's it usually does crash. Never this much. This is this the Patriots. Is, they don't want you to talk this, about it. The Patriots are shutting me down. The Lale Lule Lo is shutting me down. Um, okay, yeah, sorry about that. So yeah, South America. Basically, after you beat that boss, it ends with um, Raiden's introduction where you've heard mm-hmm. him on codec already, but now he comes down from the sky. and Jack is dead. <laughs> he's just as much of a loser as he's ever been, but... <laughs> oh, strong disagree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it is Hideo Kojima. It's like, and you got little hints of this in Metal Gear 3, where like, if you say you liked Metal Gear 3, you get a... a the, the rain mask. mask. I think he's still so pissy that people didn't like Raiden, that he was just like, throwing up his middle fingers. He's like, okay, we're going to make Raiden the coolest character in oh, history. And wow. guess what? That's interesting. Guess what? You're going to wish you were playing as Raiden. I, I right, think there's, bitch. I think, I think I would, I agree with you the back half of what you said. I think that Raiden was always a troll in Metal Gear Solid 2. I think it was always a way to be like, mm. now you're playing, look, you're playing as basically like someone who should be in a boy band and you want to be Snake mm-hmm. the whole time. And I'm taking mm-hmm. that away. But then I think, I think I the magic trick that. is, but just you wait, like I'm going to subvert Raiden's whole experience to where now he's like this fucking cyborg ninja. Like he, he basically has like high heels that he uses to flip his swords to grab grab his sword. He has the weirdest looking feet I've ever seen. Switching characters in the middle of the game. Are you telling me this game is ripping off Naughty Dog? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes it's ripping off naughty dog the fact that we as males still like it tells me it does yeah. not yeah. <laughs> um man uh raiden uh basically executes um like 50 of these lizard metal gears in front of you um blood is spraying everywhere it is an absolute it's absolutely crazy he does get his ass kicked but it doesn't seem to phase him um at different points in the game, Raiden will put a sword in his mouth. He will put a sword in his feet. He just has no, uh, the laws of gravity and physics do not work on Raiden. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the ultimate badass. And it really does te- do a good job of teeing up uh, Revengeance, which is like the platinum mm-hmm. Metal Gear game. I forgot that Revengeance yeah. existed. Well, guess what, brother? Oh, I boy. bought that on 
on Xbox, I, I'm going to play that this year for sure. You're yes, going to you be are, pleasantly yeah. surprised. Oh, I'm I can't you wait. right now. It's, yeah. It is. I, you love over it? The top. Adrian, you yeah. love it? All right, man. Well, that's exciting because I, I've heard it's one of Platinum's better games. It is. Yeah. Now, here's the thing I will tell you. Don't go into it expecting it to be straight up Metal Gear. Yeah. If mm. you get what I'm saying. Yes. Like, it's not, they're not really making a commentary on, you know, the psyche of man when <laughs> imbued with politically digestible information all gotcha. that. Gotcha. So. War is the same in that game. It has not yes. changed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, no, I'm excited to play it just for the action of it. Like, it looks like it's going to be some of that, of that hot, great platinum action that I love, the Bayonetta stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so Raiden uh, is here. Vamp is here. Uh, mm-hmm. They have their uh, big, uh, they have a big fight that's pretty crazy that I think at one point Raiden like Vamp has him in like a stranglehold and Raiden stabs himself in the stomach and just to stab <laughs> Vamp in who's behind him. Um, no rules. These are both two immortals, basically gods. He's a ripper, man. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question that I don't know was ever answered for me, but maybe you guys know. Uh, why was Vamp working for Liquid? My only thought was that he had experience being an insane villain for an insane troop of terrorists i always thought he was just a hired gun is he is that what it was that's what i i figured because he never really had any like incentive to like what does he care if the world blows up he'll be okay Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's also we found out we find out that naomi apparently is also immortal yeah yeah Yeah. which is that was pretty cool big bombshell uh huh. I don't know what Vamp is really. In fact, I could even argue. I think it's just something to do. <laughs> yeah, you could argue that like, why are any of them He's working bored. for anybody? Like, like they they were at one part at one point part of groups. I think that's what it was. It was like they were all like part of Foxhound or Dead yeah. Cell or the the boss's team, and so that's what I mean. Like, how did he shift from Dead Cell? To whatever Liquid's team in is. In the aftermath of Metal Gear Solid 2, I think there must be some meetings that we don't see where, like, clearly mm. Solidus is dead and Ocelot's still alive and he's still working for the Patriots. Well, right. or, or against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. The Patriots think that he's working for them. Right. right. And, and that, and Vamp is coming along as a hired gun for that purpose. It mm-hmm. it is sort of okay. like barely shifting your loyalty because Ocelot was also part of the Dead Cell stuff. So Ocelot was in yeah. two, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And thus okay. yeah. Liquid Got was it. in two the whole time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um although it's unclear if Liquid had fully taken over Ocelot at that point, because in this, he's fully liquid. Well, All the way up until they tell you he was never liquid. Right. Which I liked. What? <laughs> yeah, that that was a well, they they like this is such a this is like the deepest cover that a human's ever gone under. Yeah. Basically. Is that he was never he yeah. was never liquid. He was right. he was never liquid. He he did it so that he would 
be able to be like under the Patriots radar in whatever. So he he goofily helped. just made up that he was like, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Nanomachines With to change psychotherapy. his voice, all of that. Yeah. 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 Which is a bummer for me because like Ocelot, I think, is the best character. And it almost is like he he's not in this story, but therefore is so much in the story. It's like his coup d'etat that he finally mm-hmm. like tricked the Patriots and revealed his final yeah. uh, allegiance was to Big Boss. Well, Very cool. yeah, and that like that becomes such a more meaningful thing with the relevance of five like like when you finally mm-hmm. play as big boss and ocelot hand in hand like oh man that's like the they're the best buddies you've ever seen in your whole life they they <laughs> yeah. love each other so uh, <laughs> okay so uh south america ends we get another mission briefing naomi hunter's with us now at this point um we go to i think my least favorite part of the game to play which is eastern europe mm. um that's when I will definitely say my favorite part of the game to watch. Yes. I was just going to say. And there's some cool Easter eggs and some cool weird shit going on in, in Eastern Europe. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of them, one of, well, um, so for the, the way you play through this, this part of the game is you're basically doing some espionage, sp- real spy type stuff, but like Tinker Taylor soldier spy, like not like, not like right. 007. You're doing like, you're following a man quietly around a place and, you can't get caught and you can't have him get caught because you need to go where he's going. Um, mm-hmm. There's some cool hidden stuff in this section. Like, for example, because you're wearing Octocamo, there's a number of statues around that uh, you'll notice. That, like, for example, there's four statues, two on either side. Well, one of them is missing. If you crawl up and stand where that statue is, you can pose as the statue and hide as a statue. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Um and in in fact, uh at one point the guy you're following p- will pee. <laughs> like he takes a pee and mm-hmm. uh you can actually stand on where he's peeing. Like you can stand and be the statue and like look down on him as he's peeing. You don't see any wiener, <laughs> but you do see a steamy pee. That's yeah, I know. I know. Can I can I, I can I wiener. give you a fun yeah. one? I don't know if you had it coming up. Yeah. No, go for uh, it. On on that section where you're tailing the guy, mm-hmm. if you look behind you, somebody is actually tailing you too. Wild, yeah. dude. Yeah, that shit rocks. Uh, I have. <laughs> I didn't. Me I chills. didn't know that. I happened to be because I because I got fucked over on that part so much. I had to look up a guide. I was like, how do I get through this? And in the guide, there was like a completionist run, and it showed. Like, as you're tailing the guy, the guy just turns around, and there's a guy in an all-white trench coat and white fedora, and he's peeking behind a wall staring at you. It's the creepiest, most horrible oh thing to ever witness. <laughs> that rules. And what it is, it's it's those weird ball-and-hand things that, that end up getting caught later. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So like there like that's that kind of completes that little story. So like in the game, if you don't see that, that thing kind of comes out of nowhere. And you're like, who is this mm-hmm. thing? And it's revealed to be these weird hand droids. Um Can you attack it? Can you defeat it no, before? You can't even like it, it it's it's not like if you even run up to it, it disappears. Yeah. Gotcha. But it's really cool, Adrian. It is like, yeah, yeah it's bad. <laughs> it's, you would have never known. You would never know, you know that. Yeah. Uh. Oh, it's really good stuff. There's a lot of <laughs> hidden stuff, too. Like, 
again, like more like iPods and Playboys and stuff that you can find around the area. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, this section ends with uh, the Screaming Raven boss fight um, where you are in that tower. Um, I don't know. How do you guys feel about this boss fight? I'm okay on it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I think I was more enraptured by it. This is the same part. Uh, my memory's a little fuzzy where you're chasing Ocelot, right? And he's on the boat. And then this is right before that. So like that it's, so what happens is it's like you get on the motorcycle with, um, Ava, big mama, Mama, (laughs) and you're fighting a bunch of the Ravens. Right. And then that all that gets crashed. And then you have the big Raven fight. And then the big mama cut scene with the boats and Ocelot that all happens Mm -hmm. after. Got it. Well, I, I, I mean, even before that, when you first meet Big Mama, yeah. d- d- revelation after revelation, oh, yeah. she's like, "Yo, I'm yes. your mom. Uh, I'm Ava from here's that game. How the Patriots yeah, works? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm a Patriot. I'm Ava yeah. from Metal Gear Three. Yeah, I'm Ava from Metal Gear Three. Which, by the way, playing it the first time, lost on me. I didn't know who that was. Playing it this time, I oh was really? Like, Oh my God! Listen, <laughs> <and> fence terrible. <laughs> There's one line of dialogue from Metal Gear Solid One where Vulcan Raven says to Snake, "Like the blood of the East." Runs yes. And for whatever reason, this cutscene decides to pay that Dude, off. Yep. <laughs> so smart, so good. Um, so yeah. they must have. Like, I don't know how far in advance this was planned. This game, I think the real achievement of this game story is it makes everything feel like it was planned yeah. out from the beginning. I can't imagine it was, but it sure feels It absolutely was not. I like to pretend. Well, it it just it just wasn't. Like come on, like like they pay off stuff in Metal Gear, the original MSX game. And it's just like <laughs> like they bring back paramedic. You're like paramedic. That what are you talking <laughs> about? Like this is it's so in the weeds. You mean the DARPA chief? Yeah, the DARPA wait. No. They're not the same person. Paramedic is one of the uh, Patriots. Yeah. But she's also the one who she, created or was involved with Frank Yeager from Metal Gear yes, 1. Yes, and she's in 3, I think. Yeah, she's but like she's your also main in MSX and Metal Gear. as a She's a bigger I character. I swear the, the DARPA chief is oh, a is Patriot. Hold the DARPA on, dude. He, but no, yes. he, you're, you're right. He yeah. is. He's uh, Sigurd from Thank Metal you. Gear 3. Yeah. Okay. Um. Right. Yeah. So just, yeah. Everybody so gets their day old, in the like, sun in this game. Like everybody God, from all of Metal Gear's history. So much stuff happening. Yeah. We find out like there's just like twists that are like unnecessary. Right. <laughs> like Ocelot meant to kill the DARPA chief because he hated the Patriots and wanted to kill the Patriots. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were like four levels to even find out that. That it was like, <laughs> we yeah. never even talked to the DARPA chief. What and then Cherry on the Sunday. Hey. Big boss, not dead. Yeah, is a body and re- like some body, real Cronenbergian stuff here, where he's like, or yeah. like seven, where he's like being kept alive as a skeleton underneath a sheet, and it's just like that cannot feel good. Like, and it's just his torso. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little torso. Oh man, um, yeah. Yuck. So yeah, we get the introduction of all that, the big motorcycle chase, which. You know, again, gameplay stuff that I'm just like I could do without this. I don't know. I don't know. It's not that fun, but, uh, but then and then the boss fight with Raven is pretty cool. Um, it's not my favorite. I like the I like the octopus one. 
I obviously like this. I like the Sniper Wolf. I like all. Th- I like three of them better. This is my least favorite. Anyway, mm. uh, the Ravens cut her bonds. Yes, the Ravens, and the, then she killed all the Ravens. The Ravens first kill all the kids around her, then they set her free, and she kills the Ravens. It's like, what right. is happening? Like, why? <laughs> of course, <laughs> they weren't really Ravens. They were people <laughs> and babies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, we get a very long cutscene after this. This is one of the longer ones, and it's like the ocelot reveal of like how he's has the ship and Vamp's there, and he has all the nano machines where he can just trigger them with by pointing his fingers. So that part ruled. Fucking yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. great. It's so great. He's doing this. Even- he's like going bang, 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 bang. Yeah. The way you find Ocelot, like you just like beat the like you're like running through the streets yeah. or motors biking around through the streets and you just come around a corner and he's just and he's sitting, sitting there. there smoking. Yeah, he's so fucking powerful yeah. and he fucking knows it. It's the best <laughs> shit that ever happened. He's doing a twirly little dance and finger gunnings yeah. helicopters that collapse. He's outrageous. He's really great. Um, Really good stuff all the way through. Oh, and I, you know, also, I will say. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, every game, every Metal Gear game has had some iteration of the like megalomaniac who's like, I'm going to take over mm-hmm. the world. This game pulls it off. Yeah. Like he has a tangible, ar- like clear argument to say, I have taken over the world. Yeah. And he's kind of and not the villain. I, I, he's not wrong, it. you know, in a lot of, in a lot of exactly. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, you kind of learn, I mean, the journey of these Metal Gear games can be a little like disappointing actually when you think about it later, but like, yeah, the villain was actually doing something right, and he's working for the good the whole time, and you just mm. beat him to death at the end of the game. But <laughs> but uh, there's, of course, a very poetic justice to that. Like, I also, mm. what I also love this game does is, like, this weird thing about, like, so when you first play Metal Gear Solid 1, like, Snake is of a certain age. He's twins with Liquid. So they're the mm-hmm. same age. Then Liquid's dead. He's out of the game. Ocelot becomes Liquid. Ocelot kind of looks like an old version of Liquid. Then Snake <laughs> yeah. rapidly ages and catches up to where now they look the same age and they're twins right. again. Uh-huh. And it's like, <laughs> how did you do that? Like that to me, I wouldn't be surprised if it was kind of planned or something mm-hmm. like, or they maybe realized that, Hey, you know, this character model looks like an old version of this character model. Maybe mm-hmm. later on, we play with that. I don't know. Do, do you ever have that like moment in a writer's yes. room where you're just like, somebody throws out like, what if Snake was old? And you're like, yes, because then when he fights Ocelot at the end, they're going to be the yeah. same age. Right. Like all of a sudden these ideas start tumbling out. From, and like, then we can bring idea. stuff back from the MSX game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, hey, George, be quiet. We're not doing MSX stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he sighs and turns back to his MSX. <laughs> Um, so that cutscene plays out. It's fantastic. That pretty much takes us out of Eastern Europe. Um, we then go to uh, uh, probably, I think, the coolest part of the game. Um, By and far. And I think it ages well oh, yeah. too. Like it's it's still cool. Um, as some as I just played it yesterday, couldn't believe how amazing the sequence is, and it's so just like well done. It really feels like a really crazy flex just on game development and history and narrative it's so good but you return mm-hmm. to shadow moses you return to shadow moses i got oh you because <laughs> basically you you're trying to so 
Vamp and Naomi are there. And help me out, Michael. They yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's still a nuclear warhead in Metal Gear Rex. That's right. And we're trying to go and get it. And if Liquid gets a hold of that, it doesn't work in the Sons of the Patriot system, so he can finally shoot a nuclear missile at the satellite, JD, that controls. <laughs> Which, of course, stands for many John AIs. Denver. Um, thank you guys for vamping. No pun intended. No, it's all good. I am, uh, my Zoom has crashed for the fifth time now. Uh, I believe what I said was, I'm going to kill myself as it, as it, <laughs> as it, uh, as it crashed the fifth time. Um, so now the reason we have to go to Shadow Moses is because that's one of the few places you can launch a nuke without nanomachines, right? I think that that rail gun that Metal Gear Rex had is what was a gun that was made before right. the system that the Patriots can turn off before it hits their AI. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I got that sense too that they really needed that rail gun part. Uh, mm-hmm. But the way that did you have? Do you guys talk about the way you lead into this where it's like? It like hard cuts to the PS1 game, and you have to like play through the hella so freaking pa- cool. the helipad section. <laughs> um, I so I was so familiar with that section of the game that I ran around trying to see if I could get like collect items and stuff, just like I could. There are some items that they that they leave there, like they leave the one in the middle of the helipad, but like if you mm-hmm. go in the truck, there's nothing there. Um, and I don't think you can get all the way back down to like where you came from. Like the elevator, I think is closed off. But mm. yeah, basically it, it lets you play up until you get into the building and then it snake wakes up. He was having a dream in the helicopter. And when he first wakes up, <laughs> he says, I had that dream yeah. again, which <laughs> is, uh, makes me yeah. love him. He's just constantly dreaming about his, his old adventures. Solid. Yeah. Um, well like uh, also when he wakes up, he's the PS one version of his face that like flips back morphs in the four. Yeah. <laughs> and that shit's wild. Um, yeah. And then you get there and it's like even more sparse and dead than it's ever been. It's like very creepy and quiet. Mm-hmm. No people. No just, people. um, just get middle, the little metal gears the hand babies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it's like such a clear, step of how far video games mm-hmm, have come mm-hmm. since then it just looks gorgeous yeah. but also is so i don't know so faithful to that first area that we already had been to like it just feels like everything's even the same proportions it's a, it's like, a beautiful corpse yeah yeah oh it's a yeah it's a it's a skeleton kind of or frozen over version of a already cold place and it's not just the helipad. It's not just that first area. You get to go and revisit a lot of areas in Shadow Moses. You get to go see Otacon's old office with the police knots poster still on the wall. You get to see <laughs> that area where you blew, you use the guided missile to blow up the wall. Um, the hallway where um, uh, Gray Fox chopped all those dudes yeah, up. Still blood <laughs> on the wall stained. Yeah. Ugh. So good. it's very cool. It is, and they explain that like the moment Shadow Moses, when Metal Gear Solid One ended, they left that yeah. base alone. Mm-hmm. It is everything is exactly as you left it, which is pretty Ooh, tight. And they like, took they, it off the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gone. So creepy. Um, like pretty good horror stuff in here too. And just like you know, it just gives me the jitters. And you hear like like old echoes of like the past games coming through, you know, mm. he's as he's remembering. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where Otacon yeah. teases you about not remembering that code. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which you can remember. <laughs> you can you can s- sequence the right code, but it's mm-hmm. uh, I did not remember it, and it's really sad. <laughs> like Otacon's like, eh, it's okay, Snake, that you didn't remember, and then Snake's like, no, I actually did remember, and and Otacon's <laughs> like, uh-huh, okay, well, it's like so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the big uh, wolf fight, crying wolf. Um. Mm-hmm. This I actually think this is a very successful fight. I even like it better than the original Cyber Wolf fight. I think it's less frustrating. Um, you run around. Oh, mechanic wise. Mechanic wise, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as classic. It's not quite like a sniper's duel, mm-hmm. but it is. You know, it's cool. Like you, you run around. You find it's. She's not that hard to find. You find her. She's like she's like got two glowing orbs, and like you just sniper. I I had a tranquilizer sniper gun, so I was just. I got her pretty good. Um, her ending is really great, where she gets taken off by a wolf into the woods. Um, yeah, Otacon has that there flashback. Otacon uh, has a flashback, of course, because he was obsessed with the original sniper. Sniper wolf. wolf yeah. Otacon's yeah. um, love life is so funny. dude. It's so great. Like later, I mean, he bags <laughs> Naomi, dude. I'm not. I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying. But, he, but the Naomi stuff is so funny when he has to hug his computer because she's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I'm kind of also. I even though I just played through this, I'm kind of like getting a little bit lost in the story. But at this point, d- when does Vamp and when does Vamp die? Is it around this time? He dies here. Yeah. Once you get to Metal Gear Rex, yeah. is when you have the Vamp battle. Mm-hmm. And bizarre to see Snake fighting Vamp. I was like, no, no, no. Vamp is a Metal Gear Two boss, and in Metal Gear Two, you play as Raiden. Right. This is right. the Raiden fight. Yeah. And also, Vamp just like outclasses Snake by so much. Like mm-hmm. Raiden can take Snake, uh, Vamp, but you get like Snake, Solid Snake cannot. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you do. Um, you eventually take him out. That's right, and uh, you give him a death. And that's when you get that that very cool um, sn- like split screen between Snake shooting geckos and Raiden and that's Vamp right. up having a a sword fight on top of Metal Gear yes. Rex. <laughs> so he is the one who kills Vamp, right? Mm, yeah, yes. because you have to kill all those geckos. Uh, and the way you get Vamp is you use the syringe, which is like a kind of yes. a secret thing. Um, mm-hmm. and you have to hold him, even though he's spinning around. He's doing interpretive dance throughout the entire bo- <laughs> interpretive boss arena. You you put his a syringe in his neck, and then he becomes like you, where he's like his mm-hmm. nano machines kind of stop freaking out. Also, there are uh, there's a really stupid joke uh, before this where Otacon says it's time to change over the game disc, <laughs> and then and then he says, "What am I talking about? You're on a PlayStation Three uh Sony system." Now we use dual layer Blu-rays, and he like it's like a total, it's like a commercial for Blu-ray out of nowhere. They they always do that yeah. though. They don't that that metal, not metal, meta. You yeah. know, take you out of the universe solid. type of deal. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing it, it since the first one, so I'll give it. Snake's to them. response to that though is my favorite type of joke when you're angry for no real reason to be yeah. angry. He just goes like, "Damn it, Otacon, yeah, get a yeah. grip!" <laughs> it's like, why does that upset you? He screams a couple times in this game, and it's always great. Later, he, I'm old and I don't understand. Yeah, later he'll scream, Liquid! Just like so mad at Liquid. <laughs> um, so after this fight, after Vamp dies, that's when we get the big, uh, like the 
is it outer he- not outer is it outer heaven outer haven, haven. Outer ha- it's yeah. crashing into like the the snow it's crashing into shadow moses right or something and like oh yeah i don't remember and raiden like stops it with his body and and then it like tear it like takes him under the boat and mm. then his like life force goes out or whatever and his sword is left right there in the ice still full of electricity yeah yeah well, is it before or after that when we do the big metal gear rex versus metal gear ray moment i think it's after is that yeah because that mm-hmm. does happen that what when that first happened <laughs> I was like standing up and like fist yeah, pumped. Yeah. Like I remember where I was. Like I couldn't believe it. I get to play as Metal Gear Rex and fight shitty, stupid Metal yeah. Gear Ray. Yeah, it's great. It, it is fun too to to pilot that thing. And like you can kick as the Metal Gear, which is fun. Like that's weird to see it happen. You know. Um. I yeah. Wow. I'm for. It's weird. I'm forgetting later parts of it. Like it's not staying with me. I I think it's because I just did it. It's something weird about that. Yeah, but, that's what they should have done instead of survive. They should have just done a Metal Gear fighting game where you fight a mech as Metal game, Gears. Yeah, that's that a, is great a great idea. idea. Wow, Adrian, write mm. that down and we'll delete this from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, Konami ain't making it, yeah. so you can forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> is that just what Zone of the Enders is? Is it just? I you know oh. what? I guess you could. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, fair fair point. Know, fair point. Or every Gundam game ever made. Um, so, uh, this, uh, we get another mission briefing. This takes us out of act four into act five. This is our final act. We get to go to outer Haven. Gang's all here. Gang's all here. Mei Ling is in full force. This is where Mei Ling kind of becomes a big deal. Uh, Naomi. She's in charge of the Naomi does die along with vamp and, uh, Otacon does have the most embarrassing scene in the whole game. And he's crying hysterically and hugging his computer. And I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Let the man grieve. He's (laughs) grieved in so many games. And I feel like this is the funniest one. Like this is the most like pathetic of all of them, but I mean, we kept talking about these Beauty and the Beast stories as being like, and then and then she also went and killed more yeah. babies. Like <laughs> when Otacon goes, like, why does this keep yeah. happening? Oh <laughs> no, my guy. Oh my guy. He loses the most important woman to him in three games right. in a row. Ooh. Right. Oh. You hate, you to, hate see to see it. it. Otacon, buddy, I will say, buddy. too, is like looking pretty good in this game, too. He's a, he usually looks like a total dork, yeah. but he like he looks he looks for the cleaned, cleaned up. up for the times, too. It's that tight yeah, jacket. Tight jacket. So, uh, Outer Haven is um, basically like a like a straight shot to the Psycho Mantis fight, which is like the Mantis mm-hmm. Lady. Uh, uh, I what's her name? Her name is like Screaming, Screaming Mantis. Mantis. Yeah. Uh, this boss fight's interesting because it doesn't operate like any of the others, which is it shouldn't, right? It's got like Psycho Mantis DNA there. Um, you have to mm-hmm. shoot the dolls out of her hands and collect them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you can use those dolls against her later to take her down. They even do the callback in this one, too. Remember the, the Psycho Mantis callback? I can't read your mind. Yes. That, so <laughs> after you defeat Screaming Mantis, Psycho Mantis reanimates the puppet and you think, oh my God, I have to fight Psycho Mantis now after that long boss fight. 
and it's a troll, like what happens is Psycho Mantis goes, I'm going to do all my same tricks on you. And he's like, I can't read your memory card. And then it shows a PlayStation one memory card. (laughs) And then he goes, well, I'll just take over your body. And he's like, you're not using a PlayStation one controller. And then it shows a picture of that. And then he just obliterates. Like that was his undoing was that you're not playing a PlayStation one. New technology. I, I wrote that down. He literally appears in this game to comment on how far the PlayStation yes. has come. <laughs> this is this game serves as much as a ending of the Metal Gear Solid story as it does as a commercial for PS3. A PS3 yeah. ad. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. That Psychomantis stuff got my ass so good. I loved it. Mm. Um But after this is this is pretty much the and like you have to do then the very famous which this is an the greatest scene the greatest in the game, scene of the game which mm-hmm. is the cr- the greatest one of the greatest technology flexes game dev flexes in in the PS3 era and that is of course the Johnny and Merrill shooting fight <laughs> yeah well you got Johnny and <laughs> well, Merrill pr- he's you got, proposing you got as they're fighting yeah yep and then remember it splits oh mm-hmm. so you got snake in the microwave yeah and then you got everybody showing, you know, cycling between everybody's like mm-hmm. basically their last stands. Mm-hmm. That is oh, very it's cool. it's yeah. incredible. It's by far I think the best moment of the game. Um, I think it's like such a great ending to all these people. I even turned. I I used to hate the Merrill Johnny stuff. Like they're literally mm-hmm. like rolling around on the ground and like shooting and being like, and I want a real cake for my wedding. But I expect that. Of them, I, I actually love it now. And um, yeah. And like the ride and stuff where he just literally has a sword in his mouth and he's like flinging it around to like scare them is like so <laughs> funny and good. I am like he has or what do you say? I have. The I ha- yeah, he now. has no arms and he's just a freaking dude. What is ha- is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then Snake has to crawl. And then you, as the player, have to make Snake crawl through a microwave tunnel. Every mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid has this, like a thing that's like way too long. You have to either like go upstairs that are way mm-hmm. too long or go up a ladder or down a ladder that's way too long. Um, and this game, it's this microwave thing. It's so harrowing. It's so great. It basically knocks all of his life out. And then you come across this graveyard that's like the Patriots' little server boxes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Again, full of white full, petals. Full of white petals that, that like are also digital and they kind of like go mm-hmm. away. They go, they like like fade and it's like, it's like, mm-hmm. what is this room? It's very- I always thought that was a hallucination. Oh, it might be. That was that was my thinking too. I don't, I didn't know what it was. But also, why would Snake hallucinate that? Oh, fair point, fair interesting. point. Interesting. But- um. Yeah, I love this again, this like mythology of like this is a sad thing that Snake has to do. He is this is kind of the true end of the boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By destroying this AI, it's the end of the Patriots, which was all devoted to her. It's the end of like the children of the boss. Snake has no relationship to the boss. This is finally when yeah. it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so great. Um and then they make you do one last thing, which is you have to go on top of the roof for presumably no reason <laughs> and beat <laughs> Ocelot to death. Get injected. Yeah. Uh, this fight. So rad. They fucking 
inject each other with the syringe. This, this, this game is respect for your enemies. All, like it's all, and I, and I think in a good way. This is a positive thing. It's so a Michael Bay film. Also, on top of all this other cool arty stuff, it's like also like Bad Boys or The Rock or mm-hmm. Armageddon, where it's like. This fight is so Michael Bay where it's like the, at at dusk and shirt off and punching and it's going through the history of every Metal Gear song. So it starts with one and then it does two's last battle song with Solidus and then it changes when you get to Snake Eater. It does the Snake Eater theme and then, and then yep. Ocelot's name changes from Liquid to Ocelot and then you turn mm-hmm. to Naked Snake and you're so good it it even it even looks like the health bars do in two three and four like it goes back oh very cool a lot of times you're punching each other at the same time and for most of the fight you're injecting yourselves or or trying to like scramble for a a, a little uh, syringe to inject yourself but then like you said mccaller at one point you both just look at each other and inject each other with one last, like, let's fucking do this. <laughs> at one point, um, I don't know if this is in every fight, but I did something to trigger Ocelot to kiss me. Did that happen with you guys? I didn't at see one that, point, no. I didn't know that was at possible. At one point, he'll, he'll twirl you in, and he'll he'll kiss you on the cheek and then, like, twirl you out. Huh. And, and Snake's like, gah. And then it's like more fighting, <laughs> um, but there's like this this whole. He calls down to Meryl. He's like, "I didn't like I, that." I, I, just so you know, <laughs> so everybody knows that was gross. That was gross. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, it's like it's like a cool, definitely a cool moment. Um, and then yeah, you just beat Ocelot to death, and he does. You get one last. You're pretty good. Yeah, you're pretty good. Yeah. Little, little hand, hand gesture. gesture. Yep. Oh, he's and then he cute. Falls down dead. And then you get what is still historically the longest cutscene in a video game to date. It is 71 minutes long. And wow. it is the as a sixth act of the game is just one big long cutscene. Um some of the stuff that happens in this, Johnny and Meryl get married. Um she pulls a gun on her dad <laughs> at one point. <laughs> You're going to walk me down that aisle, little yeah. man. Uh, Rosemary reveals that Raiden and her have a kid. Also, Raiden's body is put back together, Humpty Dumpty style. I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, yeah, Otacon and Drebin have a nice conversation that actually ties up a ton of unanswered lore questions about nano machines and how this actually all works. Mm. Like, yep. Drebin's a free man. Drebin's free now. He was always working with you. Apparently, was the is the catch there? Um, oh, uh, and and with the Patriots. and with the Patriots, yep. Snake, uh, old Snake, kills himself, um, or so you think. Then there's <laughs> kind of like a post credits thing, but it's not the credits. It's it's so cool. It's the credits is. until until they do the credits and they're going up. And I remember this moment clear yeah. as day. When uh, the actor who played Big Boss comes up, and I was like, "Was Big Boss in this game?" And then it freezes, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I will never forget this moment. I remember what I was doing. I remember the room I was in. I remember being like, "Are we doing mm-hmm. this?" And baby, yeah. we're doing it. We're doing it. We are doing oh, yeah. it. 
It is so crazy. Because can anyone explain? Maybe Adrian or McCaller, you guys can take this one. Explain the ending from here on out. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you got this. You got because this. this also wraps up everything. Right. So the skeleton that you saw in the back of the van was not Big Boss. It was Solidus. Yeah. They had got Solidus's body, and because Solidus is a perfect clone of Big Boss, they were able to fool the Patriots into thinking that that was Big Boss's body in that van. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Big Boss has just been in hiding this whole time uh, and finally came out because the after the the whole thing where all the AIs shut down, they don't have to worry about the Patriots trying to find him anymore. Not only is Big Boss there, but Zero <laughs> is there, uh, apparently, who have both managed Nuts. to live. Uh, Zero is basically in a comatose state. He's a vegetable at this right. point. Uh, and he tells Snake that they've pieced up pretty much after Zero basically uh, did the Les Enfants mm -hmm, experiment mm -hmm. behind his back which made them split in the first place. Uh, and then Big Boss goes on a monologue, kind of gives Snake some closure. He's like, look, I know, you know, we weren't the best dad and son type beat, but you were, I always respected you as a soldier. Oh, I know you don't have a whole lot of time man. left. Yeah. Uh, I don't know you don't have a whole lot of time left, but I want you to live it. I don't want you to live it as a snake. I want you to live it as a man. And yeah. he's like, look, all the other Patriots are dead except me and Zero. I'm about to go over here and I'm about to murder Zero. And <laughs> he then... kills him. It's crazy. Yeah. He brings him out there to show to, to kill, kill him, him, to show Snake. Now, do we ever find out like did Zero and Big Boss were they hanging out this whole time and hiding together? Or like I doubt it. Because I feel no, like he they Zero were Zero had him captured. Yeah. Because Zero wouldn't kill him because he wanted Big Boss to remain as this, like, mm -hmm. icon. But he didn't want to, like, have him around because they were fighting. Yeah. They were, like, at odds. They that was the, those time. were the MSX yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> was uh, Big Boss rising against Zero. You were technically working for the Patriots right. in Metal Gear 1 and 2 on MSX. <sighs> it's really yeah. lovely. I think this ending is so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. So, uh, um, so he kills zero and he reveals that, Hey, you know, we're all going to die at some point. I'm about to die right now. Cause that Fox died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's another reveal. He's like, I basically, this is a suicide hangout. Right. Like I came here knowing I was going to die because of, of your, your Fox die. Yeah. Which is crazy. Right. Yeah. But when did he get new Fox die? I remember them talking oh, about Naomi that. injected it. Is that what yeah, Naomi gave earlier him? in the game? Yeah. Okay. The, and then, okay, then Drevin um, injects him with something too later. I think yes. so. I can't remember that part. That's the first time you meet Drevin. Drevin it's like to help you pl use the guns. Oh, but there's yeah, something yeah, yeah, else yeah. inside of it. Yeah. In there, of yeah. course. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Big Boss, you know, he asked you to take him to the boss's grave one last time. And uh, he salutes. Or he is being, being basically eaten alive by the fox die, and he's like needing to be carried by a snake all the way to the grave. But once they reach the boss's grave, he musters all his like yeah. energy to stand up straight one last time and salute the boss 
fucking Christ, yeah. dude. And oh. then collapses yeah. in Snake's arms. And then his last words was, I hope I don't. I, it's like, this was good, isn't it? Or this is good, mm-hmm. isn't yeah. it? Yep. Lights. I think he lights a cigarette. He has a cigar. And then and a, cigar. a cigar. That's it. That snakes lights. Yeah. Smokes him. it. Out of yeah. here. And Dead. then the last thing you hear is just the cigar falls and hits the ground. And then and then it pulls back. It's a wide of the of them in the kind of in the middle of frame, all the flowers, and then it goes to black. And it's uh really, really special. Like you don't mm-hmm. you don't tend to get stuff like this because you also don't have a lot of like video games that have this much of a storied history, you know? So they can't mm-hmm. pull stuff like this off. Like you know what I mean? Like, you, you, it's hard to do. It, it, you know, like what other game? It'd be t- it, Resident Evil could do it. You know, like they could pull something like this, and they and they have. They, they won't. Well, they've done version. <laughs> like I think eights like kind of like this, like a version where it's all, but it's more, it's more like a metaphorically tying them all together, not so much like mm-hmm. in sure. plot. This does mm-hmm. it all. This this ties everything together. All the actual characters are back together. You tie up all their loose ends all the themes conjoined together in this game um then you have a post credit scene that i don't i just think it's like was otacon just being like are you're you know where are you going he's like oh i'm gonna go travel around i i don't have anybody else what do you want me to do stay here with Sunny yeah yeah and her yeah, terrible yeah. eggs <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah fuck you she got yeah. good at eggs <laughs> so, i hate that so hate that so beat. good um I will I will argue make an make an argument for like the poetry mm-hmm. of this is good isn't it yeah. like for such a small condensed phrase to really sum up the enormity of this yeah. series mm-hmm. like with all of the twists and turns and like people fighting for one but actually fighting for the other and like is what we're doing worth it like for big boss's whole life to come down to him saying this is good isn't it like he thinks he was close to doing what was right, and mm-hmm. he still doesn't know, even at the end. Like, I'm getting chills thinking about it. We've I think reset like, society. Supposed- this is a good thing. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's incredible. Oof. It's definitely very – it, it's it's so weighty and has a lot of depth there, and I, I don't know. I, I think – I've always liked this game. I think I love this game now, and I think it's I, – I do – classified as being like a very special thing that you just don't get a lot in fiction where it ha- all these other things have to have happened to make this game work mm-hmm. and i think it really does i think for the most part it works you know there's 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 gripey nitpicky things but like adrian like to your point of like being like you know when i'm playing this i'm kind of buckling up for a movie game where i'm gonna watch a lot more than i'm gonna play I was mm-hmm. grateful for that because I have to marathon these things for the show, you know? Like I I right. just got off of playing 2, 3 and Peace Walker all in a row and those are very gameplay heavy. They demand a lot mm-hmm. from you. And this game really didn't. So in my particular case, I did enjoy watching a lot of this and seeing it wrap yeah. up and Just like I said earlier, I I've done my sneaking, I've done my yeah. shoot. I'm good. <laughs> just tell me the story. Um yeah, and that that's it. That's Metal Gear Solid Four. Any what do we, yeah? I would baby. love to uh, go around and just have some like last thoughts about the game before we head on out for today. Um, Adrian, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, just like I was just saying, it's it's a masterpiece in my opinion. Um, I think this is 
Whether he wants to admit it or not, I think this is uh, Kojima's opus, or at least one of them that will be shown in his career. Uh, this is definitely one of his best film efforts, I would say. Or I, I don't, you know what? Calling it a film, though, I feel like is kind of a constraint mm-hmm. or a limiter on here. I would probably just maybe call the whole thing a piece. I don't know if I would call it a game. I don't know if I would call it a film. Mm-hmm. I think I would just call it a, a you know, a piece. Yeah. I think this is as far as his catalog goes of of art. I think this is definitely one that if I had to. If somebody were to ask, you know, what are his best pieces? I think this is up there. Um, I think as an experienced PT is up there. Yeah. Um, and because of the the conversation that it sparked, I think Death Stranding is going to be remembered uh, one way or the other, depending on whichever way people <laughs> perceive it. But that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to create the conversation. Uh, it's supposed to evoke something in the in the participant. So, um, but yeah, overall, I I love this game. I think it's the best Metal Gear. It, I think it hits the be- the best if you've been consistent with the series over time. Um, yeah, yeah, awesome, McCaller. What do you think? Yeah, I it's it's always so hard for me to rank like this for all intents and purposes is the series finale of Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid, mm-hmm. even though there will be a five, but like. It's, you know, my favorite TV show of all time is Lost, and I've talked about this a bunch. Like, I love the last episode of that show, but I don't think that stands alone. Yeah. Like, this game, I think, if you have played all the Metal Gear Solids, it's hard to argue against this game. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible, and it's it it's only incredible because it's got the weight of all these other games sitting upon it. Mm-hmm. And it ties them up so incredibly and so, like, smartly and beautifully. Uh. I will say, <laughs> I think, I, I still think three is, I think, the overall best. I think three, like, stands alone and all that boss stuff is real mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, like, rewarding in a way that, like, that game is not. That game is beautiful, but, like, it doesn't take all the time you spend. It's why I think TV is a better medium for, to my mind than film, because you spend so much time with these characters and then you can build like new, deeper relationships with them. That's not fair. Movies are good. That too. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying that, I was like, this is not quite right. Um, there was one thing I was going to ask you guys about yeah. if you, if you got any vibes on this, um, cause something that always kind of hit me weird, certainly in metal gear five and in some of the other ones, was this interpretation of what the boss wanted mm-hmm. after her death. And I don't know if I'm like reaching for something here or if there's evidence in the Metal Gear 4 text to support this, but like we had this split between Big Boss and Zero, right? They make the Patriots and then eventually they split and mm-hmm. most of the conflict in the game comes from this split. Zero thought the state gave the boss a horrible mission. So what the boss would want is for us to become the state. We become the ones deciding who mm-hmm. gives the mission. Big boss said the boss was given this horrible mission and we should smash the state. We should, there should be no yeah. state. And that's where the <laughs> dividing mm-hmm. came from. It almost felt to me like this game got into this idea that snake solid snake was the true answer. Cause what I was got the vibe that the boss wanted was like, the state will change. The times will change. The world will change. You have a mission. 
you have a duty, go do your duty. Right. And they talked about it so much in this game that Otacon keeps saying like, Snake, you could give up. (laughs) You don't have to do this. And he's like, no, I have a duty. I have to do this. And to me, it felt like he was finally the true representation of what the boss wanted. But I don't know if that was the right call or not. Did you guys catch any of this? It's so interesting what you're saying. It's... Yeah, it's making my brain kind of go like electric where I'm like, I have a lot of idea, th- you know, thoughts about it and a lot of ideas. I think for me, um, Solid Snake represents like being able to like leave the conversation of all of this. Like, mm. because at the end he gets to go, it's sort of like the end of Dark Knight Rises is kind of how I feel about this ending is where it's like, I imagine Snake gets to go to Hawaii and just like kind of just like go like die out in like good weather and stuff and like doesn't have to like have a mission or duty or like even be part of the same sort of Mm -hmm. maybe you could argue that their big boss and zero are like both wrong like like because I think like part of big boss's journey is you see him go from innocence to villain like yeah you know and even though part of the point of this game is like who really is the villain of in these scenarios. I think the greater point is in war. That's how it works. Like you could argue anyone is a villain in any given moment. And then just, if you see their context, see what brought them there, Mm -hmm. it changes, it flips Mm -hmm. the entire script. And that's what war is over and over and over again. It's, it's incredibly fascinating to, especially since this game takes place over, real time and real world events to like see that change from the cold war to this, to that, to this, to that, and who's working for who and when, and Mm -hmm. maybe it's no one you ever thought, but I, I, yeah, they made that point a lot in three. They were like, remember in world war two, we liked Russia and now we're in a cold war. Totally. So that's, that's my theory is that, is that what solid, what Hideo Kojima is doing for solid snake is giving him a nice, vacation a well-deserved mm-hmm. you don't have to go back and fight anymore like you're done uh adrian what do you think uh well i think so remember in three uh the boss was like our our whole thing is to leave the world like we found it right mm. um and that makes me think that zero and big boss were wrong mm. um when you break down the boss's philosophy, at least in my eyes, the overarching world doesn't necessarily matter. It's the thing, it's the only thing that mattered to her was the mission, right? And whatever repercussions on the world, it it just, that's what happened, right? But she didn't, think that what she was doing would change how society itself would be run so she was thinking you know i have my mission i only do my mission but it's not gonna change the fact that you know people drive cars or that people (laughs) you know organize a hierarchy or anything like that she couldn't have dreamed of the sons of the patriots right right (laughs) Although she was hanging out with and a guy I, who shot electricity out of his hands. Fair, fair point. That's fair point. Very true. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of what she was saying was, you know, I don't 
stir the pot, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that both Zero and the boss kind of thought that, well, they were making her stir the pot without her even knowing. So maybe, you know, maybe it's them that's wrong or maybe Mm -hmm. it's the system that's wrong that she needs to change. But she was the one that's saying, no, don't change the system. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to tell you this the whole time. I, I think Big Boss and Zero are like great villains because they both like you can make the argument for their philosophy as being the true right. legacy of the boss but i think you're right that they're both and they're and they're both tied to her so yeah. angry right they're so angry about what happened to her that it's like corrupting who they are and, and both of their that's the thing uh the the human flaw in them too is both of their philosophies are based on their emotional connection to her and not mm-hmm. necessarily the effect on the world at large like she yeah. was saying so that that's kind of where their both of their philosophies are rooted in error which is a huge commentary on america itself right like like mm-hmm. the whole idea of like the founding fathers is all over these games where it's just like the idea of the patriots is the lale lule lo the founding fathers the every it's it's all mm-hmm. connected to this idea of like what would thomas jefferson want it's like who, who gives a shit? Yeah, he <laughs> he's, he's been, been dead, dead for a long years. Yeah. Well, and like they, they like in the way we kind of worship the. I mean, because even the AIs are based off of the Mount Rushmore, right? Like GW, George Washington, mm-hmm. Abe Lincoln, and all that. Mm-hmm. It's like the we worship corpses the way they worship corpses, like the corpse of Big Boss, the corpse of Solidus. Like they they keep they keep their dead. They carry their dead with them for like way too mm-hmm. long. I think it's a uh, yeah. I think that good question, McCuller. Yeah, go yeah. outside. That's great. Damn. Um, any other final thoughts good about game. the game at large, McCuller? What a game! What a game! Yeah, I think um, I yeah I'm I'm a I'm a big fan. I think it's great. I um, I would also love to see this game one day get like a facelift, like get a remaster and be put re put back out again into the world in some kind mm-hmm. of way um doesn't really need a whole lot too that's the yeah thing. yeah i could see some sequences being reinterpreted though for modern graphics and modern sensibilities that would be kind of neat um i would love to just play it on a playstation 5 right yeah <laughs> off a disc i think i just want disc. it on a disc um also you know this game is so full of uh beauty and poetry and like aspects that are just so they seem so innocuous at times but like have so much rich like depth um up to and including um the the last song that plays during the credits is um a uh is a song called uh here's to you nicola and bart which is it's a cover of a famous Neo morricone song who's the guy who did all the good bad and the ugly like scores he's like the composer okay and joan baez sings it famously and it's it's steeped in like political history like that song was like based on an event that happened um internationally a a tragedy Mm -hmm. this this game ends with that song and what is the song that brings us into metal gear solid 5 is that very song like that it goes out and then comes right back into and so it's almost like even though I know that they had no plans to make Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> mm-hmm. the 
the symmetry and the poetry of like those being connected at, at that joint of like that. You see, but, they're like poetry. They rhyme. Yeah, thank you, George Lucas. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, really great stuff. I, when I heard that song being played in the credits, I couldn't believe it. Cause I remembered that from my metal gear solid five playthrough of like that song being such a mm. big deal. Um, uh, anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. What a good time. Oh my it was God. cool to talk about Loved it like this, you know, Two thoughtful uh, young young lads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I love this game. I I feel like I know you know it got its heyday back in the day, but I don't think most people. I think most people just took it as, oh, this is a really cool Metal yeah. Gear game. But I think if you're like a Metal Gear fan, like there is so <laughs> much to appreciate about this game. I agree. Um, Adrian, where can people find you? What do you want people to know? Uh, you can find me any and everywhere on social media at Homeboy. That's H-O-L-M-B-O-I. And you can also find me every Monday between 7 and 7.30 on the Super Gamer Boys podcast, where we talk news about video games in our own special little way. Boom. Michael McCaller, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michael McCaller. You can find me on Twitch someday. Yeah, <laughs> Again, someday, at twitch.tv slash Michael McCaller. Uh... I'm buying a new PC in the next what couple the weeks. What the hell? And that's when uh, Twitch the... is happening, baby. A hind, Ooh. a PC. A PC. <laughs> <laughs> what is that doing in the world? <laughs> and uh, you can follow my horror podcast at Scary Basement, which is on all your podcasts at Scary Basement. Perfect. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. Uh, thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. If you're listening to this on the free feed, uh, that is coming out, you know, months to up to a year after uh this airs on the patreon um thank you for listening and please visit our patreon patreon.com slash super npc radio where we have another games club currently running at this point i don't know what it is because i don't know when you're listening to it but i'm sure we do unless we all died all right well uh i'll be uh we'll be back in a couple weeks with um i believe the next episode we're doing is is um uh, Peace Walker, although Ooh, although Connor, when he did the schedule, he put Twin Snakes in the schedule, but he didn't put it when it came out. He put it like <laughs> later, like after four, he wants to cover Twin Snakes, which I think is such an interesting choice. Uh, so it's either in two weeks, Twin Snakes or Peace Walker. I can't really remember, but, um, okay. but yeah. Uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, hey, uh, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs>